You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 18th of May. I'm Jane Kavanagh from our Corporate Treasury team and I'm joined this week by AIB Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss recent developments on the financial markets, retalk inflation and read up to the week ahead. John, inflation was very much front and centre of market discourse last week when US consumer prices surged to multi-year highs. How did this impact the market? Yeah, so even before the uh, number came out in the US uh, midweek, you know, inflation was was very much uh, on the discourse. And then obviously, as you mentioned there, the US inflation data for April surprised strongly to the upside of expectations. So, you know, the headline figure came in at 4.2%. Uh, versus expectations for 3.6%. And when you look at the underlying details, the core index just on a month-on-month basis compared to March increased by the most it has since 1982. So upward pressures at the moment showing on the inflation front. But if you delve into the kind of report in a little bit more detail and look at some of the subcomponents, different assessments of it show that roughly speaking around 70% can be explained by COVID impacted components because obviously the US economy is reopened uh, so there's pent up demand being realised now Uh, and at the same time we do have some supply side shortages so that's uh, you know a key factor underpinning where inflation is at the moment and that's why the Fed has been was out in the immediate aftermath emphasizing once again that they view uh, this issue around inflation uh, to be temporary rather than underlying inflation and higher inflation that that it's been coming embedded they're not of that view at the moment but nonetheless the market is paying more attention now to that as inflation seems to be moving higher at least in the short term John, in light of the inflation figures there, you mentioned the Fed. We might just look at that outlook for monetary policy. And the Fed maintained it will be 2024 before we see a hike in rates. But but this data must surely harden the market's view that rates will hike sooner than that. So what we're seeing in the market, the market's definitely expecting it sooner rather than the Fed is guidance. So at the moment, futures contracts see US rates rising to 1% by the end of 23 and 2% by the end of 2025. And in terms of when that actually starts, the market's pricing in fifty base, roughly 50 base points uh, of Fed rate hikes next year. And if you think the Fed funds rate is currently at 0.125%. So that's the market side. On the other extreme, uh, the Fed is still guiding uh, in terms of its median projections, no rate hikes through to the end of 2023. So, you know, there's quite a disconnect between what the market's expecting uh, and what the Fed's expecting. But it's not just in the US. We're also seeing it in the UK too. So if you look at what the UK is pricing in or what the market's pricing in for the UK, you know, they're pricing in around 50 base points of tightening uh, from the Bank of England through from around mid to the end of next year. And that's in sharp contrast to the start of the year. At the start of the year, the market was believing that the next move from the Bank of England could have been downwards and possibly the bank rate going into negative territory. So there's been quite a shift around now in, in rate expectations. And, and a key thing underlying that is is, is just the macro outlook. So you can view it as a positive that, you know, why is the market expecting a rate hikes sooner rather than later and sooner than the, the central banks are guiding? It's because growth is picking up. Vaccination programs are being successful. Economies are reopening. But the concern is, and where the market's concerned, is that uh, this is going to cause a spike higher in inflation because of strong pent-up demand and at the same time supply-side shortages. Uh, and they think that, you know, that could prove more temporary. But as we said at the outset, 
and the main central banks, all of them from the Fed, the Bank of England and the ECB, are holding to the view and emphasizing that they view that, okay, inflation will move higher as we move through the summer and we get some very strong headline inflation number readings. But they view the inflation outlook to be temporary. And the reason for that is, is that, and it is a reasonable expectation that to expect that inflation will eventually ease back after the initial surge in, in, in demand abates. If you think at the moment, there's a lot of pent up demand, uh, you know, uh, in terms of retail and all that, things are only being opened up now. So there's that pent up demand, but as that initial surge starts to ease back, uh, and at the same time, fiscal policy will be tightened over the next couple of years at the moment. It's very accommodative, uh, but it will be tight, uh, tightened. And the supply bottlenecks that we're seeing at the moment will ease. So all those things combined, you know, you would expect then that underlying uh, inflation will start to move lower. And that's where the central banks are coming from uh, in terms of their assessment of the outlook. Thanks, John. Be interesting to see how that plays out over the coming months. There was some volatility then on the equity and bond markets as well, um, uh, following those inflation figures. But I suppose surprisingly, the dollar remained relatively range bound, John. So we're seeing a bit of volatility, as you say, there on equity and bond markets, but currency markets to a large extent are pretty range bound, all right. So, you know, we had the moves last week in terms of sharp falls in equity markets and then some recovery and at the same time bond yields moved higher. Now, in the week just gone, we did see the dollar regain some momentum. If you think last week we talked about on the podcast, uh, that the dollar came into the week on the back foot, uh, on the back of the week payroll data. And then last week, it did get a little bit of a bounce off the move higher in treasury yields. But, you know, where we ended the week was very similar to where we started the week, euro dollar above 121. And in terms of euro sterling, that was pinned down close to the 86p mark uh, for much of the week. And, and really, when you look to the outlook, and uh, we've detailed this in our latest uh, FX monthly, which we sent out last week, you know, when you're looking at what's the assessment, uh, where we are from a currency market perspective, we do feel that the main currency pairs likely to remain range bound because the strengthening in activity is not just happening in, in one economy. It's happening across all the major advanced economies. When we look at it from our key currency pairs perspective in terms of the US, uh, the UK and the Eurozone. And at the same time, central banks are keeping policy on hold, bar some tweaking uh, of quantitative easing asset purchase programs. So from that extent, given that all the major advanced economies are strengthening, we think at the same time, with central banks not going to alter policy anytime greatly in the near term, that it does set the scene for fairly range-bound trading amongst the main currency pairs. Thanks, John. That monthly forex that you mentioned can be found on our website, which is uh, very interesting to our customers every month. We might just look to the UK then, John. Um, inflation on the calendar here this week as well and a busy schedule of data. What can we expect? Yes, busy schedule in the UK this week. It's 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 really the key week uh, when all the major releases come out from a UK perspective. Tomorrow we get the inflation data. So this will get a lot of attention given what we said at the outset that inflation is very much uh, the buzzword on markets at the moment. Uh, so we do expect, and the consensus is that we'll get a, a higher level of reading of inflation. So the markets pencil in 1.4% for April from 0.7% in terms of headline inflation for March. And similar to the US, you know, underlying issues driving that are the pent up demand as things get lifted at the same time, some bottlenecks in supply, but also similar to what we're seeing in the US, the Bank of England is, is of the same view as the Fed, that this move, move higher will prove temporary. Another release to keep an eye out for this week in the UK too, which is a busy schedule, is the retail sales figures for, for April. So we expect another strong reading here, uh, given the further opening up of, of the retail sector and the and pent up demand that's there in the UK. 
And one other thing I would highlight for the week ahead, we have to wait till the end of the week for this, uh, but it's the flash PMIs for May. So it'll give us an early uh, indication in terms of how the US, the UK and the Eurozone economies as are performing as, as, as we move towards the midpoint of, of the second quarter. And we expect that, you know, solid readings from and strong readings from all those PMIs, given that things are opening up in terms of easing back uh, of restrictions, especially in the US and the UK. And we expect to see, given some improvement in the ramping out of vaccinations in the Eurozone, that are strengthening the recovery there as well as we move through the summer. Thanks, John. Ray, watch out for those uh, figures. And Sterling, albeit range bound, still holding the upper hand, John? So where we are at the moment, yeah, fairly range-bound, like most of the other currency pairs in terms of the key majors. Last week, Sterling did get a bit of a bounce after the weekend elections, uh, kind of reduced some near-term event risk from a market's perspective around the near-term potential for a Scottish independence referendum and that. So Sterling was a little bit firmer last week, but still within fairly narrow range trading. If you look at the Euro-Sterling pair for much of the week, it was straddling that 86p mark. And when we look in terms of the outlook for Euro-Sterling, from a trading range perspective, you know, as we move through this quarter, 83 to 89p type trading range, so the midpoint is around that 86 to 87p mark. So it's it's bang in the middle of, of the trading range where we think at the moment. And we don't expect any major changes, even as we move towards the end of this year along that trading range. So there will be maybe some volatility at different periods, but very much within a roughly 84 to 90p trading range. John, that's super as always. Many thanks for your time this morning. And indeed, a thanks to all our listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. On that note, I see actually our Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan, will be taken to Twitter to answer your economic questions next week. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Treasury AIB. More details to follow on next week's podcast, which will be brought to you by Barry Field, the latest member of the podcast team. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB's Market Talk, wherever you source your podcasts. For those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details of AIB's support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Stay safe and stay well. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.